So the next time you're having sex, you should be real careful that you don't get a concussion. <laughs> you're going to be on the uh, physically unable to perform list. Like, we have to put you on the DL like an athlete. Like, nope. <laughs> One too many concussions uh, during sexual intercourse. Have to go to the bench now. Come back next season. Oh, no. That would be awful. I'm so, you know, meeting guys. I'm sorry. I just have to let you know we can't have sex. Bye. <laughs> too many concussions. <laughs> Not until next fall, not when the next sex season starts, that I'll be ready. The next sex season? <laughs> Does that start like November 1st, you know, when it starts to get cold out? and? Yeah, probably. Um, I, I would assume the winter months, better for it. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you take the summer and you rest up, you recuperate, go to rehab for it. Do do your, like, you know, <laughs> your, your exercises to prepare for sex right. in the fall. In the fall. <laughs> I've waited all summer for this. <laughs> Gives like spring training a whole new mm-hmm. meaning. <laughs> yeah. Just don't get hurt on the first time again. You, you don't want that injury label on you because then uh, no team will pick you up again. It just That's... won't. You won't be worth your time then if you're you're too concussed for sex. That's why I send someone else in, in the preseason. <laughs> <laughs> Save myself for the prime time. <laughs> yeah. You're just a postseason player. I'm just That's... here to win championships. That's right. Sex titles. Sex titles. It's like, oh my god, dude, creepy. That'll, yeah, that'll do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see exactly what he's talking about. That is definitely, I mean, that's a, it's a clear foot fetish shot right there. <laughs> Shut up. Uh huh. I mean, it's kind of artsy. It's more like a, more like a classy type thing. This is more like uh, Playboy, not Penthouse for foot fetish people. The black and white, and uh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> Tattoos? Tattoos, yeah, on both feet. Yep, I, I know what he's talking about then. I don't know why he took all those extra steps. Well, he, sh- he should have just slow played it and just been happy following you on Instagram. Probably like, you just wish you could lick yours. Take that. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I do. <laughs> Especially when I was single. As much as I love being single, nobody likes dry balls. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, it's a, it's usually a big bite, and then like he licks me, like oh no, now here comes the the pleasure after the pain. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> this is just what we do. This is the foreplay right here. <laughs> you can hear that heavy breathing. <laughs> yeah, he's getting all worked up. It's not really doing it for me. I'm gonna have to fake it here. <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm gonna put him up so we can okay. <laughs> start with no interruptions. Welcome to episode 18 of the Screams and Moans podcast, the podcast about movies and sex, but not together, because that would be porn. Tonight, I have with me Michael from War Machine vs. Warhorse. Hello. Hello. How are you doing tonight? I'm pretty good. I think um, sufficiently warmed up from our uh, pre-show chat and out of beer, so I'm, I'm ready to roll. Oh, man. <laughs> Well, you know, at least we'll get to that, but the movie should sober you up pretty quickly, I think. Yeah, yeah, let's put on Antichrist, and uh, 
I'll, uh, that's that's like the strongest amount of coffee you're gonna get. <laughs> Pretty much, especially as a male. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> or as, as a human being. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's true. Um, so you know, other than watching movies, have you been up to anything lately? Dog training. That's what I'm attempting to do, and hopefully. My dog does not make a cameo on your show with his incessant barking and howling um, because it is uh, nighttime here, so he shouldn't be able to see any birds out the window. But he still really loves to guest on podcasts, so no promises there. I know. I was going to say, well, I just came and guested on your podcast just the other Mm -hmm. week, and uh, he made a little cameo at the end, but... He was really good for two hours, and then that just at that, he had, he just had to finish off the show. He just had to be in it. That's and true. That's, we left him in. We left him in the final cut, so he did he did make it. <laughs> yep, evidently the word boner was his cue to go off. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to take that one into the dog training class. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let them know that boner is uh is his bark command. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> well, you know that's your own little secret. Whatever you do in your free time. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Except to your podcast listeners. So uh, yeah. apparently anyone who's into that, uh, I'm going to know if you follow me now that that's the reason. <laughs> Any new followers you have. I'm going to have suspicions about their, their animals and the, the closeness of their relationship. Especially when they're like at dog lover 6969. <laughs> <laughs> well, they already follow me and my podcast. I mean, oh. we're, we've already cornered the market there. <laughs> Peanut butter toes. Like... <laughs> Yep. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Um, <laughs> Not as bad as what we're going to talk about tonight. At least oh. the, the content of the movie. It can get worse. Oh, and it will get worse. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess with that, uh, do you want to move on to the movie and we can uh, start talking about that? Yeah, let's get this uh, this part of it over with. Right. <laughs> <laughs> let's get the tough part over. Yeah. Then we get to move on to the fun part. So Yeah, because uh, the film Antichrist is just such lovely foreplay. <laughs> <laughs> really gets you not warmed up for sex at all. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, as we've been talking about, the movie that we're going to cover today is Antichrist, which came out in 2009. It's got Willem Dafoe and Charlotte Gainsbourg? Sure. Hey, name dropping, right? Well, Will- <laughs> Willem Dafoe. <laughs> I just think of him in like Boondock Saints for some reason, but um... should be thinking of his uh, very nice butt in this film. I hope he didn't have a stunt butt because it's a uh, well done, sir. Uh, well done, <laughs> right? Now I have to ask, and only because it came up on your podcast, did you notice his hair? Absolutely. Um, his hair is what carried me through the terrible events that happen in this film. Because if anything had happened to his hair. I think I would have had to turn it off. But like if she had lot... taken those scissors and cut his hair? There are a lot of terrible things that happen to him that I, I do not wish upon myself or anyone else. But if I had his hair, my God, that, that would be the end of it then. I would just say, just take me now. Take me now, devil or God or whoever. <laughs> whoever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, essentially this movie is about a couple that's mourning the death of their child, which you actually get to witness in the first scene of the movie, which, I don't know, I mean, it was really disturbing subject matter, I mean, even from the start, but they did it in a really artistic way, though. Yeah, I, I hated the first scene. I, I thought it was, like, gore porn, almost. Uh, no, there's not that there's much gore, but you do see a, a child falling to his death, 
and the sort of classic like operatic like music and it's black and white and everyone's like really pretty and there's like snowflakes falling i hated that scene um until much later in the film when it comes back and it gives you a completely different context for what actually happened um and then i was into it but yeah that that kind of goes with the rest of the film i was like love hate with it throughout um throughout the whole thing yeah throughout the whole thing yeah well and it starts out as well with an intense sex scene where yeah there's there's butts (laughs) and I don't know if that's real cock or stunt cock that we get to it see. It was uh, it was stunt, unfortunately, because I, I, <laughs> I let, me, let me tell you, I paused and uh, was like, "Come on now!" I was like, "He's got great hair, and he's got that penis." So I was like, "That that cannot be true for Mister Defoe." And actually, that that scene of the actual sexual intercourse taking place were two pornographic actors. They were they were stunt uh, doubles, which is weird because later in the film. Uh, they had to make a mold uh, for one of the the violent acts that happens in the third act uh, of yeah. that pornographic star's uh, genital region, which so that that they were hired for a very strange job, <laughs> not just to have <laughs> sex. <laughs> They're like, well, we need you to have sex, but then, <laughs> um, yeah, we're gonna have a little extra. So um, <laughs> before we get to I don't even know that I want to call it the good part. Um, <laughs> but the more intense part of the film. Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting to, I guess, maybe it's just because of the movies I've seen, but this one actually walked through in chapters. So it was almost like a book mm-hmm. and the different stages. And I mean, they did try to include uh, almost. For as much as I enjoy finding some symbolism and stuff like that, it was almost overkill in this movie, I felt. Like, they tried to tie things in over and over again where they could have been a little more... <laughs> like, what is what is the word I'm looking for? <laughs> well, I think the, the chapter breaks are a cool idea, and it's like a, a, a cool stylistic choice. But yeah, they you're right, they tend to go back and cover ground that were in previous chapters and sort of the way they titled the chapters you're thinking all right this is like step one of the grieving process here's step two or step three but it actually starts to get muddled like the steps don't really seem that different um so i mean i like it's kind of like the movie i like the style of it and it's gorgeous but it's the story itself is not that complicated it's a pretty simple if you're going to explain here's what happens here the events happen these characters from A to B, it's pretty simple. Um, but on the other hand, the the stuff that's going on, especially with the female character, which the characters don't have names, right? They're just he and she. I was going to say, I, <laughs> I was thinking that as well, because I'm like, they don't really mention, I think once or twice she mentions his name, but only because, you know, at the beginning, she's just saying, oh, you think you're so smart, mm-hmm. you know, like you think you're so great. And they're already trying to build kind of that conflict between husband and wife, you know. So essentially, Willem Dafoe's character is a therapist and he takes her out of the hospital to treat her himself because he can deal with her grief better than anybody else. And she's already oh, you you think you're so special and you're so great and all this stuff. And, you know, the other thing is it's like, once you know they're going to a cabin in the woods, you already know, like, it's going to be fucked up. I mean... <laughs> That's where their intention to make a horror film 
uh, is on full display. Because I, w- I wouldn't have got that from the, the first uh, act of the film. Before they get to the cabin, I wouldn't have classified this as a horror movie. No. But... But as as soon as that, and we start getting into sort of the dreams of the the female character of the wife, uh, or the mother, uh, then you start to see like, okay, this this is almost like you're going into like a haunted house type scenario. The, the woods itself is evil and haunted, and that's where they decide to go to repair their marriage and grieve <laughs> for their child. <laughs> right. I mean, well, the whole thing that I'm thinking about is so they're trying to you know go through therapy at home, and he's trying to figure out you know, what's really at the heart of all this and they're talking and, you know, and she starts talking about her biggest fear being the woods and, you know, which the movie is called Antichrist and the woods are called Eden. Mm-hmm. So you you already, they're kind of setting up this, you know, good versus evil kind of theme, you know. Um, I believe he even it, says Garden of Eden, doesn't he at one point say like outside the Garden of Eden, like we're... We're just talking about this this vacation spot they go to, but yeah, there. I mean, there is symbolism here, but it's they pretty much hit it right on the nose. Like they don't really try to hide it. <laughs> no, it's it's pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. You know, um, same with the number of items that fall out of trees or fall from mm-hmm. branches or whatever. And you know, at the beginning, their son crawled out a window and dropped to his death, and. You know, yeah, that's what I say. I mean, there's kind of repeated themes throughout the whole movie that does kind of muddle those chapters, like you said. But, you know, I was thinking, too, when he's talking at home and she starts talking about, oh, like I didn't, I never finished my thesis there because there was something, you know, something in the woods, something in the cabin. I don't I don't know. I don't know why I didn't. And I was like, right then she went fucking crazy and then had (laughs) sex. I'm thinking. If he would have taken note of that and just never brought her to the cabin, he could have saved himself a lot of agony and pain like later in the film. Well, I read that the 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 writer and the director doesn't have much respect for psychotherapy and he really makes Willem Dafoe's character to be somewhat of a joke at multiple times in the film because you have his wife who's making fun of him, like sort of belittling his job and like uh, she seems to agree more with the the doctors are saying that it's something physical that can be medicated, and he's saying that some a fear she needs to overcome. So he stupidly, like the the horror movie cliche, was like, "No, we need to go to this cabin in the woods and deal with your fears." Yes. So as as an audience member, you're like, "Well, something bad's going to happen to you. Uh, this is going to be a mistake, and uh, you're going to have egg on your face and other assorted uh, <laughs> liquids." <laughs> yes. <laughs> But uh, that that came through to me. I was like, well, yeah, clearly this character doesn't have much respect from the filmmakers himself. Like he is there to be his theories are there to be torn down. Um, and depending on your sort of, I guess, religious beliefs, um, you you would take it two different ways that it's that it is something like this. These bad things are happening because it is the devil at work uh, or you could take it another way and say that he just really doesn't know his wife that well. And he doesn't know what's what's happened to her if you're taking more a more grounded approach to it. Either way, this character has no idea what he's talking about, and he talks a lot and a says lot. that he does. <laughs> <laughs> he does. And then, you know, trying to get her to talk about all these different things and, you know, drawing diagrams and being but you know, yeah, I mean, it even makes him look like he's kind of haphazard. He doesn't ever really figure anything out. If he does, it's by complete accident, by just happening to find a ladder out in 
the yard and deciding to climb up and, you know, look through her research. <laughs> I actually like that scene because he like <laughs> laying in bed looking out the window and he sees a ladder and he's like, well, fuck, we've got a ladder. Well, sh- shit, we've got an attic too. You know what we could do with that ladder? We could go up to the attic. I'm going to do that right now. Like I liked that. <laughs> that was the thought process there. Ladder, attic. Okay, that fits. Let's go let's, check it out. Let's do it. And then it's suddenly pouring everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all this this weird religious imagery here of uh, devils and uh, women being hung and killed. Like, sure, let's let's look through these papers very calmly. Can I bring up one issue I have with the film? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's like I love the the imagery, and I just I, like I love the way it looked. Like, if I could step back and just just watching it without thinking of what these images mean, I'm like yes. this is gorgeous looking. The way every shot's composed is like it's, it's a beautiful screensaver. Um, it, barring the weird. Uh, sex acts and violence that happen later, but yeah, it's it's gorgeous. But the way that we get to those images is very dumb at times, and I don't know if that's sort of their sort of nod to the audience. It doesn't really matter. Like it doesn't really matter how we move the plot along. It's just what sort of setup we have as far as like, isn't this really pretty to look at, or isn't this some really cool stuff? But yeah, just like the latter instance, it's like that was so um, sort of like obnoxious it's like we need this character to go to the attic now we don't have any sort of dialogue that leads him to think like i need to investigate further he just gets like an urge to do it and then suddenly it's like the movie sort of unfurls like this huge amount of plot movement where it's like look at all this weird shit that his wife's been looking at and yes. that's like what propels the third act yeah exactly the the way that they progress it and the things that happen don't really i mean even at the beginning i was thinking you know I can see really being into to sex and things like that and getting into the act, okay? I totally get that. But I'm just thinking, like, I know parents and, like, I've dated people that have kids. And, like, they can hear them from, like, a mile away getting out of bed and putting a foot on the floor. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care if, you know, you're... Even if you're in the middle of that, I just don't see how the kid could, like, walk around and throw you know, statues off the table. and In slow motion. In slow motion. <laughs> Black and white. They've knocked water over. They don't give a shit. Water's pouring everywhere. That bothered me a lot, too. I was like, really? Like, parents, like, they just don't care, like, to make a mess. Let's just knock everything over. Let's go from the shower to the bedroom and knock... Let's Let's just knock water on every piece of furniture. Let's, yeah. like, just... I, and have the window open as well. And it's cold out. It's and snowing. And it's the winter, and you're both <laughs> naked, and you just got out of the shower. Right. Yeah, um, what you're talking about, that's something I wanted to say, which leads into a stupid statement I have to say. So I'm warning you, uh, okay. podcast listeners out there, this is dumb, but I think it's valid. Um, Willem Dafoe's boners I had an issue with in this film because <laughs> the man is at full attention salute as his wife is belittling him, uh, slapping him, scratching him, attacking him. It's cold outside or um, he's physically not his best because he's like bleeding and there it is rock hard ready to go and he felt like some sort of um like inspector gadget that you just press a button and like he's like yeah it's it's just there it is it's a it's his you know boner gadget and the character himself should not have any sort of sexual desires in a lot of these situations he should be freaked out he should be uh, troubled, sad. His his child has died in this tragic uh, accident. His wife is clearly disturbed. But no matter what she says or does to him, 
Uh, I mean, he he puts up like a, a a mild amount of like, no, no, we shouldn't. Okay, all right, I guess we will. Oh, <laughs> I guess if I have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I'm just watching the movie, and I'm like, I'm I'm far removed from having any sort of erection right now. Like, I can't. I'm not even a character in these events, and I can't imagine uh, having these sex acts while all this other stuff is going on. All this weird shit surrounds me. No, definitely not. I mean, and he's the one who, again, is like, you should never have sex with your therapist. (laughs) Yeah, great pillow talk. I love that from (laughs) my partner. (laughs) He he probably should also not be treating her. But, uh, you know, that's, that's, I think, brought up just briefly by her, and he sort of ignores it. Um, Which I, I did have a question for you. Since they they build up these characters, like especially the the husband, as being kind of stupid at times, or at least uh, disregarding like the appropriate course of action, given what happens when they go to the cabin in the woods, did you still have sympathy for him? That's a, that's a tough one because you were kind of like, dude, you know this is a dumb idea, right? I mean, like. <laughs> Very unprofessional. Uh, it's not good for either one of you, and it's like a. I don't know, an ego thing with him. Like, no, I'm the only one who can fix you. Right. And I'm going to, you know, you're already obviously from the other scenes, very emotionally unstable and disturbed. I'm going to take you out in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) To to the place that you fear the most. (laughs) That's going to cause you the most stress where you could possibly have a psychotic break. And, you know, who knows what. And I think that's going to be a great idea. Yeah, um, it was not, but uh, it was definitely an interesting movie. Um, it, it it doesn't take place in any sort of reality that probably you or I know, and it's it's sort of this heightened sort of dreamlike uh, film, and it, it's cool. It's like a stylistic sort of exercise, but um, I would say there there are definitely plot holes, um, and it really wasn't until the third act that they stopped bothering me. Like once it goes full on insane, I was like, okay. Sure, that, it makes the rest of it make a little bit more sense because this this movie's been insane from the word go. I just didn't realize it. I didn't right. realize how insane it was. Right, and like you said, I think the most attractive thing about this movie is the way it's shot and <laughs> kind of the cinematography and the, I don't know, I did like the way, even though I found the kind of blurry, dark music every time they'd pan to something in nature, slightly irritating, but at least I was like, you know, it does set the mood the same as like the beautiful, you know, choreographed music will set it at different parts of the film. But you didn't really know, I don't know, the full story really until you get to that third, kind of the third chapter and things start getting even crazier. And then you can kind of, you know, start fitting pieces together. Mm-hmm. But I don't know about you, but I didn't really understand where the piece about his deformed feet came in. I, I... Maybe, I don't know if maybe you picked up on something I didn't. I mean, the only thing I could think of is like his feet were deformed where like the x-ray almost looked like you know like a hoof or something Mm. but yeah i had that thought i I thought the 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 child that dies in the beginning could have a couple different meanings it it could be you know they it could be the title character it could be the the sort of antichrist himself or or satan's you know son and there's some sort of weird soap opera which is cool that this horror movie doesn't take like the rosemary's baby approach but that's also that's something i'm just bringing to it it doesn't really say exactly 
what's going on with like that kid's feet. Um, other than the fact that that's the big, that's a reveal that uh, to the husband that he truly did not know what had gone on at that cabin previously, which it goes back to that conversation that she had with him, that he was a distant uh, husband and father. And I think when I was first um, looking at that scene, I'm like, okay, she's still grieving. She's slashing out now and she feels guilt for what happened to their child. But then when you start to see all the crazy stuff that had transpired before this event happens, I'm like, okay, yeah, he was, he must've been distant. If he couldn't see all of this like going on, like there, there had to be other things. It couldn't have just been that one summer in the, uh, in the woods, in the cabin. Um, so it, it made me side more with the crazy wife character, really, um, that he, He's talking out of his ass most of the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, that he's just going to come in when he feels like he can be the great one who can, mm-hmm. you know, take care of everything. And she's really like, you're never here. Like you never were. Or, you know. There's there's a whole world uh, going on that he knows nothing about, which that, that gets into the 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 supernatural or the, the religious aspects of the film, uh, however you want to take it. And yeah. that, that, that's clearly on display because his, his character starts to see that in the woods as well. I was going to say, yeah, they definitely. And for me too, I didn't know, you know, is that supposed to kind of show us that through the time he was starting to lose it as well, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, and who, you know, who is tainting who really? <laughs> Cause yeah, he goes out and, you know, he starts seeing animals with dead babies hanging out of them or partially mm-hmm. eaten or, you know, the animal that, um, oh, I had it written down to somewhere. Um, it's supposed to be talking about how, you know, she just gets done saying like nature is Satan's church and mm-hmm. he runs into the fox that says, you know, chaos reigns and, <laughs> you know, animals start talking to him and, that was also Willem Dafoe's voice too. That they just they they altered for that that fox line, which is totally badass. That's like there should have been like an explosion behind him behind the fox. <laughs> when he says it. <laughs> but that could be you know showing that it's his own hallucination in his own head that he's hearing that as well. I think that his his sort of take on evil, uh, his sort of you know th- this is a very like intellectual family um i mean she goes away one summer to write her thesis and they they seem to think that they can they can take the world and just sort of figure it out themselves like well here here's how it is this is how it actually is and you're you know your mind you're convincing yourself otherwise but this is the right answer here this is the right course of action and i i liked the the supernatural aspect of the woods and like evil sort of infecting them, like that they don't have that much control. And going back to what I always talk about on my show, uh, so if you other loved... than men's hair, I'm just no, I, no, I was actually I'm going right back to men's hair. All right, <laughs> <laughs> the, there's the key shot of their hair. That's like that's like when their their sort of thought process starts to change the woods has like sort of altered their the way they view the world and it's always like the back of their head so you get to see Willem Dafoe's glorious uh luscious hair and uh I know the movie was supposed to make me think that was an evil uh, ominous image but I I couldn't help myself I was like that's that's fantastic hair (laughs) right (laughs) maybe that maybe that's the true evil in this world is great hair nope Nope, no, it's beautiful. It's beautiful <laughs> and glorious and good. <laughs> but 
know, now that you say that, that's true. They would just stop and focus on the back of on mm-hmm. the back of their hair. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was it was actually a perfect movie for me in that regard because I was like, no, hold up, hold up, let's go super slow mo on Willem Dafoe's hair. Like let's let's just hold this thought for a moment and admire it. Right. <laughs> You're like, no, no, that other part you can you can speed that up. <laughs> Stunt cock, that's okay. Just move on, move on. Let's get to move his on. hair. Go back to his hair. That's more arousing to me, please. I want to see his hair again. Full right. headshot. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole different meaning to headshot. <laughs> yeah, and I'm uh I, I'm totally ill suited to uh to judge the pornographic uh, film industry because I'm I'm wanting to focus on men's hair and I, I don't think I don't think that's where the, the money shots are. No, no. Um just it's unfortunate. I mean, I mean I've heard from a friend. Uh, that that's the case. <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about it. Uh, no, no, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> which will eventually lead us to the second half of the show when we get there. Um, yeah, <laughs> I did. I, I know the second half we're going to be talking about sex. So what? What did you think about the the sex in this film? Because that you did give me a list of films, and I I'm responsible for picking this one because I already had like a sealed criterion collection version that i had never opened because I, I told you before every time i thought about it i would just watch you've got mail instead because those are totally totally similar films uh, <laughs> well i was like you you cracked open a criterion collection for me that's you know it's a big step big yeah. step in our uh podcast friendship that's for sure yeah that's dedication right there but you <laughs> did you did pick you did pick the the movie so i did um yeah, I don't know. Like I said, the the first scene, well, of course, it's, you know, black and white and slow motion. And, you know, they did make it out to be pretty intense. Um, not really believable in the, not that parents can't be, you know, <laughs> intense, but, um, or, you know, really into sex. But generally, you're not knocking shit over when your kid's, like, sleeping and going at it all over the house. Um, I think you're just thankful that you can, you know... <laughs> stick it in real quick right and hopefully quick. both of you have a, a, a great you know few minutes like a piece uh in the sexual encounter but yeah this is like some sort of uh commercial we were watching like some sort of gorgeous like commercial for like i don't know uh jewelry or chocolate or something like that something oh, very definitely. high end <laughs> definitely some high end because exactly and i mean i've i've been in relationships where you know, there was children involved and you're definitely like, okay, we need to lock the door and be real quiet because if they wake up, that's it. You know, like it's done. Yep. Um, <laughs> and we want to see this through by God. We want to, we want to get this, get this in. Well, that's the getting's right. good. That's right. They've been a bet, you know, in bed at least 45 minutes. They should be fast asleep, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, <laughs> but I mean, other than that, yeah, it was very much, um, well, I should say, in the, you know, in the first part. And then, you know, in the end, it just was a little bit disturbing and a little bit frantic. Like, it became more and more frantic. But I think that was to mimic the mental states going on as well, because the events and everything started getting more and more insane and frantic. So, I don't know. I mean, at, at one point, the <laughs> scene I'm thinking of um, is where they just get done talking about evil and the evil of women and stuff like that. And as usual, once she goes batshit crazy, she wants to fuck like mad. Um, Mm -hmm. That's pretty much her routine in this movie. And so, you know, she's like wanting him to like fuck her. And again, he's like, oh, no. He's like, okay, (laughs) okay. You know, we fine. You know, Um, 
if I have to, I guess I'll stick my penis in you. Um, <laughs> because that's where that's what I didn't like. I didn't like that. You know, either you're gonna respond to the crazy factor, you're gonna be like, oh, this she's really into it. this. Is kind of cool, it's kinky. Like I like this. Like, and you're just gonna go through with it. You're just gonna like, and then maybe later you're gonna be like, okay, we shouldn't. Yeah, we shouldn't do that. Which I think earlier in the film he does say that was a mistake. Yeah, but it keeps happening, and he he puts up this like mild fight, but he like goes through with it. And uh, to me, I'm just like, where was the response? Where I'm like, there's nothing attractive about what you're doing. You're you're like an animal, like attacking me, and I, not this isn't like in some sort of like bodice ripping cool way. This is like you're gonna like you know bite me, eat my flesh if we don't have sex. You're, you've turned into some sort of monster. And he he was still able to perform. So that's where I was telling you earlier that I kept flip-flopping on this because I initially had problems with the earlier scene being ridiculous. But that looks, I was like, at least somewhat normal compared to the sex acts that happen as the film goes on. Yeah. Well, and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and in that one, the one that I'm talking about in particular, too, that, that I just thought it was really different, I guess, is the only way I could put it. Because then, you know, they just got talking about it and she's she basically came out with her thesis was supposed to show about all these evil acts that were done to women. And instead it turned into her own corrupted view that, you know, women aren't in control of their own bodies and that nature is, and that nature is evil. And so because nature's evil, she wants him to like beat the shit out of her, which, you know, I can totally understand from like a, kinky standpoint but like in the whole storyline you know she's just like i want you to fucking hit me and he's like no no i won't hit you i won't hit you so her solution is to book it outside and start masturbating like mad under this really cool looking tree right (laughs) and by cool looking i mean terrifying and like totally boner killing tree which has no effect on this couple. Um, I mean, they, where they can have sex is astonishing uh, because they, they happen to pick the most evil place on the planet, apparently. Um, but yeah, of course, you know, it, it comes back around and I guess they make up because he does, you know, he, he does, does go her. out there and punch her in the face. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It was It's really hard to look at these these characters as any sort of real people, which I, I had read before and um, when I watched the film and then was able to read further into it without worrying about spoilers how misogynistic a lot of people think this film is and i i get that because you have the the you know only female character saying that women are evil and they deserve to be like used and have they they deserve a lot of bad things happen to them not just sexually but they deserve punishment for like having sex and being killed and like treated like that they have some sort of superior powers of like witchcraft and she's supposed to be this like intellectual and just by researching this her mind was changed which the only defense i have against that is that because this is like a horror film they sort of have the out that it's that place that sort of infected her thought process right just like like it infected his after a while because he's he's the one that was like that's you know how could you believe that like that's terrible like you know no no this is not you like you would not why are you subscribing to these theories now like you're supposed to counter all those viewpoints with your thesis. 
So I didn't necessarily find it misogynistic because it is a horror film and there's some other presence that is altering their viewpoint. I actually found Rosemary's Baby to be far more misogynistic and especially the husband character in that film. Oh my gosh, yeah. (laughs) Because he hands his wife over, spoiler alert, if you've not seen Rosemary's Baby at this (laughs) point, but he hands his wife over to this devil devil worshiping group for devil to the devil to impregnate her just so he can get a better role uh, in film, so he can get some acting jobs. That, to me, was far more trite than them going to the cabin and having some other presence like completely change who they are, because someone else is pulling the strings here. It's not a a human uh, error in judgment where you're like, hmm, I would like to be a millionaire. Yeah, um, I guess the devil can cuckold me. I guess that's fine. Right? (laughs) 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 <laughs> which which makes me think though sometime if another film comes out we should totally do antichrist and rosemary's baby on yeah, your podcast that that would uh i i can tell you which one has far more sex in it and rosemary's baby just has one instance of it i don't know which one's more disturbing though because rosemary's baby brings in like the full like old-fashioned like monster devil <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Their sex scene. <laughs> so I'm, I may come down on the side of having Willem Dafoe's ass, uh, which and as, hair. As, uh, I mean, as you always should. I mean, <laughs> it would come down to hair, perhaps. But hair. yeah, because I mean, and again, like with this one, I mean, normally I'm like, well, you know, I'll give spoilers, whatever. But with this one, I, I kind of want to leave it up in the air a little bit for people because we've already established that in this movie, kind of nature is painted as this evil force. Well, this place, you know, this kind of forest uh, where the cabin is and stuff like that is evil. And it does start to taint them both. And so, you know, after this scene with their sex under the crazy tree of corpses or... <laughs> Which all of this is, I mean, none of this is a spoiler because that, that's like no. the poster. That's like the box art for the movie. Right, <laughs> like, exactly. The tree sex scene. <laughs> exactly. But <laughs> then she gets this distorted view that he's going to leave her. And I think that's where some of the most disturbing parts of the film happen. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm fine spoiling that. I just, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to say the end of the <laughs> where the conflict ends but um i mean to me it was just well it was grating on my ears and it was like equally terrifying (laughs) when again she goes absolutely crazy and he doesn't want to have sex with her and so she (laughs) sound sound judgment finally coming into the picture (laughs) (laughs) and you want to know what he gets for it what does he get for it <laughs> gets uh his his penis gets manhandled in ways that I did not find appealing and I'm still hurting from seeing that. <laughs> ways that later make her masturbate blood out the end of it. That's never a good there, sign. That's one of the reasons I stayed away from this film because I read a review which uh let that be known that that's what you were signing up for. So um I was sort of under the weird impression that I had built it up that it was much worse than what the film actually shows, but mm. um, it's still pretty bad. It's still pretty uncomfortable, and I I really wanted to be watching You've Got Mail instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if if you were going to turn the movie off at any point, oh. I think that would definitely be the one where some people are just going to be like, nope, 
done. <laughs> I like I cannot watch any more of this. Which is it's unfortunate because I really like the way it ends. I really like the the craziness of the third act. Um and I don't know if this would be considered a spoiler, um, because this is not actually how the film ends. But the or I think the original ending they got rid of and it was a little more on the nose because the producer, I guess, started promoting the film with like, hey, this is so crazy. This story ends this way before they'd even made it. So they had to alter the film. But in the original version, it's actually revealed, I guess, like Satan has more of a place in the film. And it's revealed that Earth was made by the devil for humans. And that's the so it's not just this one area. It's like the entire planet. It's evil nature. Like this, you're living in hell, basically. That if you live would on have been Earth. such a better en- ending than what it was. I mean, it was a cool ending. I'm not, you know, uh, but it's a little more ambiguous than that. And that right there, like me just telling you that. And when I read it on like Wikipedia or IMDb, I was like, whoa! I was like, that is a really awesome idea. I wish they had gotten to use that idea. Right. I wish they would have <laughs> continued with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could see that theme building up but it was a little more ambiguous Mm. than that and they only kind of tied it up at the end but it's definitely not as strong as what that that idea is like that that reveal um no but it's i mean uh, but it's definitely if you can get past the (laughs) the violence that happens to their uh no-no parts um it's it's pretty cool it's pretty cool like third act they they unleash the crazy um, that's for damn sure. Oh yeah, there was a lot of action, and I mean, exactly. If you can get past kind of those two disturbing, <laughs> disturbing scenes, and for me, I think it's a sound thing, but it was almost more disturbing hearing her scream out for him, like, "Where are you? <laughs> you bastard!" <laughs> She's just screaming, and that tone was a little terrifying when he's hiding in the in the foxhole i had that one on surround sound and my dog who unfortunately on our podcast we just recently covered like the exorcist so he's been put under a lot of uh duress as far as the surround sound that he's having to sit on the couch with me and he did not respond well to that that moment either when she was screaming for him he just got up and was like i'm gonna take my chew toy and go somewhere else like this is too loud for me yeah but i mean It definitely amplified the scene. Uh, you got the fear, that's for sure. Oh, fuck yes. <laughs> In fact, if I was him, I wouldn't have even lit those matches. I'd be like, fuck, fuck no. Nope. Nope. Close my eyes. I'm not breathing. I would, I would die there because I wouldn't take a breath. I would be... <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, I cannot let this crazy bitch find me. Like, I will fucking die in this tree. I don't even care. I don't even care. <laughs> you know? But yeah, and, and I mean, after that, it does, you know kind of lead up to the ending bit um where i guess kind of where i was thinking of leaving it they do try to tie in again some more lore and things like that and you know he basically is like are you gonna kill me or what like mm-hmm. i've been put through hell and like <laughs> i think he was almost asking for it he's probably like please just if you're gonna do it just get it done with already but you know she's like oh i can't we've got to wait for the three beggars to come and when the three beggars come someone's got to die and you're like oh this is setting up this is setting up something you know yeah um that, that's where the i think we talked earlier with the chapters as cool as the idea is a lot of that stuff is brought up 
uh, multiple times to where you don't really you don't really need the title cards anymore. Like we don't need to see like the three beggars like announced because they've already been referenced before. Um, so uh, if they're just going for style points, cool. But it doesn't the the titles and the chapters don't really give you any more information or understanding about really what differentiates one segment from the next. <laughs> no, you, it's you... it's evil and crazy the entire time. <laughs> yeah, it's antichrist. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You just needed the one title, really. <laughs> that was it. Chapter one through three. <laughs> the short book. Um, <laughs> you know, you can read it to your kids at night. Um, teach them about the world. Yeah, scare them off from sex forever. That, that's right. Maybe, it's an anti-sex <laughs> movie full of sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the, uh, it is to sex what Requiem uh, for a Dream is for uh, drugs. So show this to your kids, and they'll they'll think twice about doing drugs or having premarital sex, or actually marital sex, I should say. Right. <laughs> Maybe they'll do more premarital sex because they'll never get married if that's what marriage is. Right. If that's what marriage and babies bring. I don't want it. <laughs> mm. Nope. Want to keep my my penis unbloodied? Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's preferable. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, with that, I mean, overall, what was your feeling about the film? I enjoyed it the the more it went on. Um, I really, I think it succeeds more as a horror film than it does as an art film. I think as an art film, it can kind of feel a little dumb at times. Like, uh, it's a little undercooked as far as that goes. And the way the first scene starts, I really thought I was in for two hours of bullshit. But... (laughs) (laughs) But... Uh, when they when they get to the cabin in the woods, the the dream sequences are more acceptable because it's you know this is like oh this is foreboding and it's just these are their nightmares like this is what what's to come and this this evil place on this planet. Um, I was I was into it like I was into it from that point. They get to the cabin in the woods. I thought it was good. Yeah, I was gonna say I actually for as much as people kind of put down the movie and stuff like that, I actually I don't know that enjoy is the right word, mm. but um. There is some, you know, fondness for this movie and some appreciation. And I think it's more about the composition. Like you said, I mean, the way it's shot. And I don't know that I necessarily want to say, like, the soundtrack. Because they don't really use that many different Mm -hmm. sounds or songs. But their choice of, you know, when to put it all together with the music and the imagery and stuff is pretty good. Uh, There's definitely gaps in the storyline. So, you know, looking, (laughs) if inconsistencies bother you, this might not be the (laughs) film for you (laughs) or any horror movie just in general. (laughs) Yeah. I I think they, they sort of embrace that aspect of the genre, Um, but it is exceptionally well-made. And so if you, if you want to see a horror film made with an art house sensibility, sort of style uh it's definitely it's really cool i would i would recommend checking it out yeah no i definitely would say it's one to check out just um yeah if you are sensitive to certain um graphic details be a little forewarned before you go into this one (laughs) yeah probably don't watch it (laughs) (laughs) probably a good good thought and um yeah so it's it's got sex it's got horror it's got good and evil yeah, it's got a bunch of different things. It's got, got more evil than good. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, now that you say that, I don't know that there's any good. Um, no, I don't know. So it's got evil. Know. It's got evil. <laughs> I mean, 
the fox that says chaos reigns seems like a cool dude seems like somebody you might want to like party with but i don't know if that makes him good (laughs) (laughs) i thought he might have been you know smoking a little something maybe (laughs) yeah he's a little little burnout looking out in the woods (laughs) well come on he lives in the woods (laughs) really yeah (laughs) not stereotypes or anything (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah well i guess with that we'll move on from uh violent sex to uh learning about sex so (laughs) Hopefully, hopefully there will be no child that ever learns about sex from Antichrist. So. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> definitely not. Could you imagine like a <laughs> picturing like an adolescent girl? Okay, so the object of having sex is to get like real fucking pissed off, and then just start beating the shit out of someone, and then try to get them to have sex with me. <laughs> yeah, demanding it. Demand, yes. Although in adolescence, um, I don't know if you'd have to push that hard with a teenage male. <laughs> as long as they knew what it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe just like, you know, tap on the shoulder. I don't even think you have to get to punching or scratching or anything. I think, no. I think they're down. Touching their elbow. Or a... nah. Yeah, you can talk all your crazy devil shit you want. And they're not going to care. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, you want to what? Yeah. Oh. Dude, I met this crazy bitch the other day. (laughs) She was speaking in tongues and everything. She had this like pet fox that showed up during it. It was totally cool. (laughs) It was like a deer and (laughs) this damn bird that was really obnoxious and wouldn't go away. Like no matter how many times you like beat it. (laughs) (laughs) But it was cool, man, because I still got some. Totally cool. Chaos reigns. That's right. So, um, yeah, that brings us to part two, and uh, I'd like to think it's a little less painful than Antichrist. Certainly hope so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there will be no damaging to your sex organs or anything like that in this podcast. So, um, But yeah, so the second half, we always talk about a listener question that we put out there. And uh, we also talk about it with the guest and myself. So this week, I asked, how did you first learn about sex? Or perhaps some misperceptions or uh (laughs) ideas about what sex was before you knew what it was so um yeah with that i always like to start with my guest (laughs) who's being harassed by his dog right now Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah um he's really interested in how i'm going to answer the question um i can hear that (laughs) i've I've not had this dog long we've just uh been buddies for a month so he he's not heard my sex stories yet or how i learned about it and uh i think i'm totally comfortable with him with him hearing this because by the way he's acting right now he seems like some sort of uh troublemaker like he's a dog like from the streets so i don't think i'm gonna say anything that embarrasses him Uh, especially when i tell you my earliest memory um, I do come from a movie podcast. I'm a movie nerd. Um, that is, I guess, the reason I'm I'm on this show. That's how we met. Right. Uh, <laughs> you needed my sex expertise on your show. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, you're not going to get that from me. But I will talk about another movie, a more innocent movie than Antichrist, in the, um, When Harry Met Sally. And this is, I guess, somewhat aging me or dating me, but I remember getting a hold of a VHS copy that my parents had, probably my mother. <laughs> I would imagine. Watching it, and they, for the most part, would let me watch movies, R-rated movies. They didn't really care if it was like violent or had like foul language. Um, because the only the only film that really troubled me as a child was one of the Pee Wee Herman films, when I think was her name like Marge, this trucker lady. Like I don't know if she pulls off her skin or something. Does something like outlandish claymation style oh. special effect. For some reason that scarred me permanently, and I won't revisit that film. But I like watched Terminator and was totally fine. <laughs> See where for mine the ones that scared me, um, RoboCop for some reason. Mm, I can um, see that got me as a kid and. Um, that one scene in Who Killed Roger Rabbit. Oh, yeah, that one's pretty dark. Too. Are you talking about the the villain? Yeah. Like the, yeah, I, I remember the sounds more so than anything than the visuals, like the like the screaming. Yes. Uh, uh, which also like Antichrist, the screaming horrifying. But uh, when Harry met Sally, not horrifying. But there is screaming in it and moaning, which goes along with your show. There we go. And Good I remember time. her explaining Meg Ryan to Billy Crystal the fake orgasms. That she's had throughout her, uh, well, sexual history, and his disbelief that it could sound authentic, and I didn't really get the sort of uh, dynamic, the gender roles there, as far as what was actually being revealed to this man, because I didn't understand sex. Right. But I, I did, <laughs> I did understand that what she was doing was supposed to be impressive, and um, it stuck with me. It's <laughs> and probably, probably gave me a very paranoid outlook on the female orgasm because i always had meg ryan's uh, theatrics in my head right uh, i was gonna say that was your expectation <laughs> but uh also also very uh, titillating too as a child oddly i was like i i, I like those sounds <laughs> and i'd like to hear more <laughs> at a later date <laughs> right mm-hmm. well it's when like the I balls remember... drop and everything <laughs> <laughs> right well i was gonna say it's kind of like i remember again this will maybe date me but watching skinamax when you were younger and watching like the real sex series and thinking that that was something like really i mean i could watch it now and it wouldn't be that dirty but back then i felt so like oh my gosh like i'm hearing these people you know talk about sex and whatever films and documentaries were meant for um kids that obviously that's not what they're supposed to be geared towards but it builds up sex so much with the music and like they talk about it for fucking ever Mm -hmm. and if you were just an adult you would be like i can't handle this anymore like if you're if you're watching this to have some sort of shut the fuck up and put a cock in your mouth i mean come on (laughs) but as a you know as a teenager you're like this is this is the closest thing i'm coming to it now like I, i dream about boobies all day long and you'll put up with any old bullshit, any plot line, or or any documentary explaining their weird like fetishes. You're totally down as long as you finally get to the goods. Um, so it's, it is strange because the only memories I have of that type of stuff is when I was like a teenager, like late at night, like trying to look for like when you got like a free a free weekend a free of like week? HBO or Cinemax or something, and you're like you're gonna use it up. You were on you were on red alert. If we got a free Cinemax weekend. 
I'm I'm up all night. I'm up. I'm I'm gonna hydrate with some Mountain Dew, have my sugar rush, my caffeine, and I will see boobies tonight. And it was totally worth it back then. It would not be worth it now as an adult. No. No. And and I have to say that wasn't you know like my first learning about it because you know I was trying to think about when I first learned about sex, and I can think of two two things, and this would have been when I was in elementary school. But one of them was, um, yeah, it might be a little revealing about why I do my podcast now, actually. Um, <laughs> but before they had girls hockey like they do now, I would have to wait till the boys got done with practice and then skate with them and play hockey. But that also meant that when you got cold, this is going to be very Minnesotan as well, or any, you know, um, really cold climate um you go into the warming house so it's you're giving me this confused look that's just the the look of the the dumb kentuckian here that's like the warming house huh hockey you say i've never heard of such things such things yes (laughs) um (laughs) hockey it's the sport you see on tv um but a warming house is essentially kind of like a little pole shed or like a little tool shed almost with some benches in it that has heaters so that when you get too cold being outside in the freezing temps, even though you're playing sports, you know, to change back into other clothes or just to warm your hands and stuff and feet a little bit, you go into this warming house. And uh, a common feature of these warming houses was uh, stashed magazines. So there'd be like Hustler and Playboy and things tucked underneath the benches. This is a whole new world for me. (laughs) I've missed out on something in childhood. (laughs) So, you know, I'd be in there and all of a sudden all the all the boys I was playing hockey with would be, you know, looking, you know, they're all huddled in the circle and they kind of don't want you to see what they're looking at, you know, but you kind of get a glimpse and what they're, you know, they're looking at playboys and hustlers and like titties, you know, but at that point they're kind of just doing it because they think they're expected to do that i think i don't know that when you're in elementary school you're like obsessed with boobies or are you probably not no Um, i mean i I would totally agree with the assessment that you know you're supposed to like them but uh i really doubt that you're getting the the same thrills that you will in middle school (laughs) (laughs) correct right and uh, you know there might have been older boys there as well with them for for all i know you know kind of leading the (gasps) Look at this, you know. <gasps> Leading the, the tribe. Yes. The tribe of booby lovers. Yeah, the tribe of booby lovers. So it was like, oh, okay. Dudes really like naked women. Okay. You know, like, <laughs> this might be where my exhibitionism started. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... yeah, yours yours is a little more revealing than mine. I, I guess I've just always uh, maybe had a thing for Meg Ryan. I don't know. I had a little crush on her, but yeah, that's... Uh... That's a little bit more of a personal experience. Mine was <laughs> mine was solitary and alone with the VHS tape of when Harry met Sally. <laughs> well, and my other one, though, was with one of my best friends. And her parents had those, like, The Joy of Sex and The Joy of Sex mm. 2 books. And they put them, you know, way up where they think mm. you couldn't reach them. But because they put them up, like, you knew you wanted to reach them. So, <laughs> <laughs> so like, we'd look through these books and, you know, first of all, just weirded us out that these people had like the pubic hair and the way you know because when you're a kid you don't really realize that um i I would say even 
um, modern adults, it seems like that's commented on because you came on our uh, sex tape episode, which yeah. we, we reviewed uh, sex tape uh, without your, your direction and presence, which was totally a mistake. But that's that's a joke in that film, like the when they're looking at <laughs> these books, it's like they the the adults comment on the pubic hair now as being something totally foreign uh, to I guess today's like standards or culture, um, but definitely as a child, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, and that's a whole that could be a whole another episode really because it really has attitudes have changed. Because, you know, before, like, men wanted their women to look like women. And not that men want their women to look like girls. But I think porn has played a huge role in, like, what is the norm and what women think we should look like down there. There's a generational divide uh, that pornography sort of, I guess, charts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is that, that you're right. That, that's a, that is a good episode. I want to listen to that one. And can I, can I say uh, my preference, uh, another yeah. movie reference here? Uh, I probably am, you know, a product of my time and culture and environment. So the older, uh, huge bush look uh, kind of looks strange to me, looks sort of <laughs> alien. Um, <laughs> much like the, the total recall lady with the three breasts. Um, I probably should like that, but it's just too, it's too strange for me. It's just not, I can't get into it. Yeah, but if 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 it has to go that way, um, I, I'm going to reference uh, Julianne Moore from Shortcuts, who is totally naked, and I don't know something about the red hair. I I do dig that. Uh, that that I can get behind. But anyway, if you don't have red hair, um, sorry, you've got a little bit a little bit extra work to do. Right. <laughs> in my in my view. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> So but I, but I don't I don't speak for all men. I'm just speaking right. for myself. I was like, so that's why I keep it the way I do. Hmm. <laughs> no. You have um, to you have to check and make sure you, if you are in fact Julianne Moore or not. If yeah. if not, you're shit out of luck. <laughs> I'm definitely not. So all right, noted. Um, <laughs> no. um <laughs> teach teach their own. But yeah, I mean, I do remember looking at these books and looking at the different you know positions and things like that, and not not fully really understanding you know what that was or <laughs> difficulty for each position <laughs> <laughs> she didn't have the the damn respect yet of the what these people are actually doing whatever. No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know and you know along with this you know i asked for kind of some misconceptions as well and i just remember that i guess it was probably the beginning of junior high uh, so, you know, I was obviously by that time I had some idea, not a complete idea, but a lot better idea about it. Um, and you definitely knew who was having it or supposedly who was having it. Um, I always thought those people were just fucking liars. Like every everybody, everybody who talked about it was a damn liar. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't believe anybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, you want to know what I thought? Because I, I observed like the girls who did and the girls who didn't. and. The girls who did all seem to have bigger asses than the girls that didn't. So, like, I always thought, like, and I'm not, I mean, I don't necessarily mean that they were fat. You know what I'm saying? But, like, mm -hmm. I would be like, man, I mean, I don't know if it's the pounding or what, but, like, sex, sex must give you a bigger ass. Like, I've really. 
there's some sort of correlation here. I like this <laughs> detective work you were doing as a, a middle schooler. <laughs> well, right, because I was trying to figure out like how you could tell who was having sex, you know? Maybe I was trying to weed out the liars. Like, oh no, your ass is much too small. There's no <laughs> way you can be having sex. <laughs> but, I, had, I had not heard that one before, and uh, obviously my uh, naive Meg Ryan uh, brain was not was not thinking along those lines. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I suppose. I mean, looking back as an adult now, I could maybe see that theory though, in the sense of like the girls that had probably went through puberty probably did way more and probably were curvier and more likely to have sex than the ones that hadn't yet. But yeah, I, I always thought for some reason that there must have been something about sex that gave you a big ass because all the girls that supposedly had it had a big ass. <laughs> and That's it was a, that theory really hurts men that are into big asses because how how would they ever be satisfied then? They, how would how would this ever start? It's like a chicken or the egg type situation then. <laughs> <laughs> well I was gonna say it would have been about the time probably that Sir Mix a lot came out as well with the uh Baby got mm. back. Song. So yeah, pop culture was really affecting your thought process there. Yes, <laughs> adding to the conspiracy theory of the big asses. That's right. It's the big ass theory. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, but um, along with that, I suppose it's probably time that uh, we hear some of our listener answers to the same question. Yeah, they've heard enough of my bullshit, so. Let's, let's hear theirs now mine too is they're all examining their asses in the mirror right now <laughs> oh my god Becky look at her butt it is so big she looks like one of those rap guys girlfriends who understands those rap guys they only talk to her because she looks like a total prostitute okay I mean her butt it's just so big I can't believe it's just so round it's like All right. Well, um, yeah. Let's um, let's hear about what some of our listeners have to say about their <laughs> early. It looks looks like a little bit of early experiences and just early learning. So, um, yeah. I think the, ex- the experiences part was a little bit cheating. You're you're kind of bragging here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> am I? Am I? <laughs> hey, <laughs> quit looking at the size of my ass. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> I was looking at the size of your microphone, actually. Oh. <laughs> well, it is nice and round, so I'll give you that. I actually can just see just the tip, and that's that's totally fine. That's totally sufficient. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like I'm playing a game of just the tip right now. <laughs> Gotten a few boyfriends that way. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, so the first one says... Okay, Megan, as the question is, how did I learn about sex and or did you have any early, perhaps funny, misconceptions about what sex actually was? Well, as the oldest child with a younger brother, I did not have much mystery about what boys look like. As to how babies get here, the idea that the stork somehow drops the kid into my mom was a thought. Sometime in my early teens, one of the girls got a hold of her mother's tampons. And we all oohed and awed over that for a while. All of us thought that if the tampon went in there, it must be how the guy got the baby into the woman. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> but we didn't know how that part of a boy made it into that part of a girl. 
Soon after, my mom gave me books, What Happens to Girls and What Happens to Boys. This was way before I got hormones and decided to try things out. Thanks, SK. <laughs> hmm. Sperm delivery system. Tampons. It's, it's a little more technical, this one. Uh, a little more practical on the old stork mythology. Um, can't say it was my experience. I... I don't even remember the first time I became aware of tampons. It was probably well after I became aware of sex. <laughs> uh, as a dumb American male, that's probably pretty common. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that is probably pretty common because we, we don't really want to talk to you guys about that stuff at all. <laughs> Neither does and the dog. We, we appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, um, let's move on to the next one. All right, number two. Hi there, Megan, and presumably Mike, if they knew I was going to be on the show. <laughs> I became aware of sex when a lovely young lady that I met on my school bus decided to invite herself around to my house. We played on my Amiga. I don't, I'm sorry, I don't really know what this is. I think it's a gaming system, I would imagine. Oh, all right. Uh, for a bit, while I casually kept glancing at her pert breasts and her blouse. I like the use of pert there as an aside. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm already this, this getting dude... visual. Just <laughs> Yeah. This uh, this person's already two sentences in, and I've interrupted them twice already, so they, they hate me reading this. <laughs> but uh, she got bored of playing games. I loved it. I kept on winning. As we were in my bedroom and sat on the edge of the bed, she reclined back, obviously dismayed at her defeat. <laughs> Another interruption from <laughs> your, uh, your friendly guest, Mike, here. Uh, kind of cocky, a little bit <laughs> here. <laughs> Hey, confidence can be sexy. I'm obviously dismayed at her defeat. Like, trash talking to this day. This is, I'm assuming, years and years ago. And still giving this poor woman hell about her defeat at Amiga, whatever the hell that is. (laughs) Back to the mail. What now? She pulled up my jumper and brought me down to her level. We kissed, quite tentatively, as I was nervous. She took my hand and placed it on her breast, on top of her clothes. I think I stopped kissing her, probably stopped breathing for a moment as well. Turns out there are more interesting things than computer games. He told you computer games. Mm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if like a teenage boy should really be bragging about his like super skills at like computer games. That's he, He's lucky that this, this young lady was impressed with his prowess at it, but that usually doesn't work. In my experience, oh, it's see, not worked. See, I'm a, I'm, a gamer, I'm a gamer geek, so... Yeah, well, uh, you're like unicorns where I come from. Like, yeah, that's uh, we would have loved to have uh, impressed women with our gaming prowess, but uh, no, that's something you you hide away and are uh, terrified that any lady finds out about. Okay. <laughs> but this one here, it worked as she slid down the bed and unbuttoned my trousers. I had no idea what was about to happen, but she obviously knew exactly what she was doing. The story ends here for you and your listeners. The rest you can imagine. And that is from Spug. Oh. So, well done, Spug, at Amiga. <laughs> and getting some. Hello. <laughs> well, I, I'm not going to congratulate him on that. Like, that, that, was, that was a layup there. That one just kind of fell into his lap. But uh, the Amiga, I assume, took years of practice. <laughs> I'm sure there was a lot of hours put into that. Into the Amiga or the sexual encounter? Um, the the Amiga. <laughs> <laughs> You're not gonna give Spug too much credit. <laughs> well, I'm sure he's had many hours put into you know the sexual side of things now, but uh... yeah, this was just level one. Yeah, this was just the the first uh, venture. Cling cling. Uh, <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. This this is kind of an interesting one because the uh, 
this is definitely um, a more direct way to learn about sex. Like it. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I would say the misconception here would be that it's really this uh, this damn easy. Like get to play your video games and then get laid. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much whining and dining on this one. <laughs> you get the best of both in that one. Yeah. Yeah. This uh, spug has had an awesome life. I'm I'm assuming if it kept up like this, if this was the opening chapter. That is a good introduction. I've got to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, an experienced woman who knows what she's doing, or an experienced girl probably who knows what she's doing. Did she have a big ass though? That's my question. Presumably, yes. From what I've learned on this this very episode, she had a huge ass. <laughs> uh, she was a fucking expert. She was a Jedi master with a big butt. Came in and, <laughs> and she could not lie. Could not lie. That's not the Jedi way, anyway. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> We're uh, we're turning it into a geek podcast now. Well, as you can tell, I did not have the same experience as a spug with my uh, Star Wars references. That didn't that didn't make the panties drop when I was a young man. No, the, <laughs> no. the force wasn't strong in that one. Well, I don't know. The force was strong. I just wasn't wielding. I guess the dark side. I was on the light side of the force. Mm. Yeah, that's no. That's fun. what I tell myself. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, we've still got some more to go through, so uh, we'll keep going. Uh, this next one is when I learned about homosexualism. When mm. I was eight, a group called Imagination were in the British charts and appeared on the UK's most important music program, Top of the Pops. The trio were comprised of three gentlemen, as I recall, one of whom was decidedly effeminate. Dad, I said, that dude looks like a lady. Or words to that effect. I was eight. Yes, said my dad. Some dudes look like ladies, and they act like ladies too. And they do all the things that ladies do with men, said my dad. And it's not very nice. Now, of course, what he really meant to say instead of, and it's not very nice, was, not that there's anything wrong with that. But it was 1981, and he was born in 1943. I guess these things take time. The important thing is, none of that very specific anti-gay bollocks rubbed off on me. I'm a staunch supporter of homosexual marriage. Go at it, gay chaps and ladies. Let your silver trousers fly. Love, booze from Sweet Feathery Jesus. Yeah, choose my words carefully here. Um, <laughs> I, I did the, uh, I did like the 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 wording here was his dad's response. Uh, I guess the the summary of uh, homosexual men was, and it's not very nice. Like that's <laughs> like when you're reading it, I wanted to laugh, which not not that I agree with the. The political views of uh, Booz's father, which he doesn't either, but uh, just I've never heard that before in one of these type of stories, and it's not very nice. There's something kind of quaint about it and silly. Well, uh, to be fair, I think Brits are a little more quaint about the way they put things, so I'm guessing maybe that's part of it. <laughs> well, whatever the case is, I like it. I like <laughs> I like that phrasing, but I'm going to try to apply it with, uh, to something else. Yeah. Uh, 
maybe just like podcast reviews or something, and it's not very nice. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, along with our write-ins this week, we actually have two recorded answers. So I think the way I found out about the SEX, <laughs> as it was known at the time, was in the playground. You know, an eight-year-old fellow, all the cool kids in the corner making strange hand movements and talking about this thing I didn't particularly understand. And um, so when I went home, being a rather geeky child, and a house that always had a computer in it, I took the CD-ROM version of Encyclopedia Britannica and um, typed in those three magical letters. And wasn't particularly inspired, truth be told. I, um, I don't know, I gave a very clinical definition, I suppose, of what sex was. And, you know, when a male and a female inserts his oobly bar in the what do you call it? Hmm. This happens. It didn't really fill in the cracks, as it were, you know, from what a eight-year-old person would like to know. Um, <laughs> so I don't know, I went on Clueless, I suppose, for a while and just hearing mentions of it and knowing that something very sordid and, you know, something I shouldn't really know about meant that um, I don't know, it was like a weird secret that you couldn't talk about, but you must find out more about. Very strange. And everyone, oh, and you also must pretend that you know everything about it. So that's why you don't want to talk about it. It's a weird thing, isn't it? I wonder if that still goes on. Yes. But instead, um, sort of <laughs> I misconception. I, I had a very that. weird one. I don't know where this came from. <sighs> there are a lot of new terms. A lot of new, um, you know, names for various things and things you should do and when. And um, I, for some reason, I seem to confuse virginity with puberty. Okay. I don't know why. So it seems strange <laughs> to hear, but basically I thought the upshot was whenever you have sex, all your pubes fall out. <laughs> Doesn't he make sense predicting. really, does it? I mean it's I always thought nope. is that why prostitutes have bald fannings? <laughs> it seemed to make some sort of logical sense and then what what about nuns that they have massive bushy things? I don't know, which they probably do. I think so, it's on or something. The logic kind of holds water, but um, yeah, I don't know. But then, Can we um, have a comparison in my middle, my middle twenties, I found out that that wasn't the case. I hope so. so. There we go. Who's laughing now, eh? <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, he, he's as a child there, kind of commenting on the future culture of the planet, <laughs> as far as <laughs> yeah, the bush factor. Yeah, um, it comes all. It all comes back around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I like the theory. I, I, I think I've I've liked this one the most because of the uh, <laughs> the the logic that's trying to be used. I mean, I hate to say it, say it, but uh, I, I like his uh, bush theory more than your ass theory. Oh, <laughs> oh, bush over ass right now. Uh, in my normal day to day life, no. But as far as for this podcast, yeah, I like I like that story. It's a good theory. <laughs> Well, it just made me laugh, but I, I can see how that would be the theory. Like, mm-hmm. every time you have sex, your pubes fall out. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm trying to think that if you applied that that bit of fiction practically, um, I guess you'd be able to tell who the, the when you're, someone's down their luck in the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> they just have a massive bush. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> a dry spell <laughs> you're like dude you need to get you some and quick mm-hmm. yeah 
<laughs> Shaving sucks, man. <laughs> Go the more the easy and the fun way. <laughs> oh, does the hair grow back the same though? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and this this alternate reality, I, I don't know. Maybe it changes colors. Who who knows? Maybe it's like a like a Chewbacca belt. Maybe you earn different like stripes and badges or something. <laughs> Like a tree, Here, the tree saying... circles. You're, you're gonna be able to tell by their bush, like how many times they've gotten laid. <laughs> Here, when you said colors, I'm thinking like rainbow bright. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> total, gives a whole new meaning to a rainbow party. <laughs> <laughs> kids nowadays. <laughs> yeah, we we don't really need to give kids any more reason to pick on each other. So having a uh, different colored pubes for their sexual encounters. Yeah, probably unnecessary. I would give new meaning to having a dress code. They would have to have like the the Mormon style like magic underwear to block all that out. Well, I thought you know maybe maybe it's like a color code for like sexual health as well. Like if someone has oh, like yeah. green pubes, you probably or red, you probably yeah. don't want to go. That would be very handy, uh, for for one night stands for those type of encounters. Yeah, you're like, let very me good. see your pubes. <laughs> yeah, like pubic hair mood ring basically like mm, no go we're not compatible because you're carrying something you, you've got orange and i'm i'm more of a purple <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> oh boy um well before we get into anything any further we better uh, listen to this last one <laughs> hey there megan it's tony from the salty language podcast uh answering your question while i'm driving home because god damn it, I gotta get it to you before you start recording. That's right, it's important to get I... me this fucking recording. <laughs> Anywho, uh, how did I learn about sex? Well, as a child, and a preteen, I knew nothing about it. Because unlike my wife's family, my family never spoke of it. Never talked about it, never had the random dirty magazine waiting in my room. or Waiting? Sex book, nothing. Waiting in your room. And I, you know, came of age uh, before I had the internet. That wonderful, wondrous magical portal of nudity at my disposal mm-hmm. so it's also generational all i had was there. the neighbor girl up the street which in hindsight probably had a very unhealthy relationship with an uncle or a stepfather which is awfully creepy the more i think about it because she was more than willing to show off her little girl parts as long as she could see our tiny little hairless dicks <laughs> every boy on the street got to see that each hmm. Uh, I had my cousins, who we all speculated and talked about it, but I had no idea what we were talking about, since our thought was, bro, you pee in her, you gotta <laughs> pee in her, because that's all we knew, we, that's all we, our dicks did at the time, was piss and get randomly hard. <laughs> pee in her, bro, I distinctly remember having this conversation. Oh my God. Uh, I didn't really know until, you know, I found a random hustler. The old porn stash find. Always a great thing as a kid. And in Hustler, they would show full insertion, among other things. That was like a bucket like of cold water. Like I said, I, I remember Hustler as well. I to get it. And then, oh, magical, magical <laughs> day when AOL came into my life. AOL. And I could Good really Lord. start learning about the wonders of sex. The portal of porn. And boy, have I taken that ball and ran since then. Ah, all right. Once again, because I broadcast from Shameless Plug Studios, this is Tony from Salty Language. Visit me at saltylanguage.com. And Megan, see ya. <laughs> 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 for, now, 
just gonna think you gotta piss in her bro. <laughs> like there's a I'd say when he <laughs> traveled further into the, the hell that is the internet, um uh, he probably came full circle and back around to something similar to that, uh to his childhood uh vision of sex. That's that's probably true. <laughs> I don't know if AOL provided it, but eventually. <laughs> Well, you mean after it finished downloading five days later? <laughs> yeah, I was like, you really couldn't get too too kinky. Uh, you didn't stray too far from just, like, <laughs> naked boobs and butts. Big butts, according to you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, back in the AOL days. Yeah. When you're walking down the street tomorrow, you're going to be like, <laughs> it's going to give a whole new view to everybody walking around. Yeah, because I'm not gonna be able to see what color their pubes are. So yeah, that, I'll have to stick with the big butt theory. Yours, yours is just more handy, like uh, in day to day use. It's like the immediate one, but then once you get past that immediate screening, you can go into the magic pube color screening. Yeah, when I go into the CSI type style investigation, that's when you bring out the magic pubes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man, but. <laughs> Uh, Tony's answers always do uh make me laugh though. <laughs> mm-hmm. I yeah, peeing her, bro. <laughs> Sound advice. <laughs> <laughs> See how far that gets you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I suppose I I was never a little boy, so um, I don't really know what that's like. I never got that that memo. Um, no, I was I was I was out that day uh, on my uh, growing masculinity. I, I checked out the office on the day they sent out the peoner uh, <laughs> update. But to be fair, that does kind of <laughs> jog my memory. I always thought like, you know, um, like your like that your vagina and your pee hole were the same hole, and mm-hmm. now I'm like God, that would be real painful. <laughs> not be a good thing. <laughs> Not be a good thing. (laughs) I think all parties involved can can agree to that. (laughs) Yeah. But again, we we watched Antichrist earlier, so what the hell do I know? I've I've seen some very strange things and strange sex acts. So we've we've taken you down a disturbing path tonight. Yes, yes, you have. Yeah. Hopefully, you'll recover. Oh, sure. I mean, I'm just gonna have a a Meg Ryan double feature and go back to my more innocent days. Bring you back to your innocence again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, as always, I'd like to thank all of my listeners for their responses to this episode's question. And uh, for next episode, I want to know what's your favorite sext or pickup line. For those of you who don't know what a sext is, it's like a text, only sexy. So, um, you know, maybe you've got a little hot and heavy. Uh, or maybe, you know, you're at a bar and you had a really good pickup line or just one that you've never got to use yet, but you've always wanted to weave in somehow, <laughs> somehow. Yeah. Try it out on the podcast. See how it plays. Hey, hey now. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's you right. Can, you, can, you can give them your reviews, your, your expertise on if this, if this line will work or not. That's true. Um, do they also have to include a full cover photo? <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, you don't. Um, but, um... I I hope to God they do. (laughs) Maybe I'll get some video answers in this time. Yeah. That would be amazing. 
them to step up their game. Let's see how they deliver the line. That's what's most important. Right. It's all about delivery. Mm. But yeah, if you do have a favorite sex or pickup line, you can email your answers to screamsandmoans at gmail.com. And uh, speaking of ways that we can contact everybody, um, how would my listeners contact you or check out your show? Yeah, you can look up War Machine versus Warhorse on iTunes, Stitcher. I even had one uh, pathetic bastard that's using Windows uh, Mobile, Windows Phone, and he even like texted me today and was like, "Hey, you're not on the the Zune Marketplace or Xbox Music or whatever it's called now." So apparently, we've been accepted on that as well. And uh, I really want to see our number spike with all the PC and Windows people out there out there supporting their their brand. Uh, Really want them to outdo the Android people. And those Apple you, people. Well, I am an Apple person, so I don't I don't know about that. But uh, I'll accept numbers. From I just there. switched off Apple to Android. Well, we really need your support as well, because the <laughs> Android numbers are lacking. Uh, <laughs> so we'll we'll have a little competition between the the three uh, parties of choice there. Uh, on Twitter, you can find us at War Machine Horse. And you can email us at warmachinehorse at gmail.com if you have any sort of uh, movie theme or movie pairings you want to do on our show. We we have a, we talked about a new release. So, Megan, you were on our last episode, and we covered Sex Tape. And the two older films we talked about that were inspired by the new release were Sex Lies Videotape and, yes, Road Trip. And both films do involve a sex tape. Yes. But Road Trip probably not what you normally think of as far as a sexy film but we had fun talking about it and uh, we usually have some pretty silly pairings like that so you'll get good double feature ideas or or really bad ones i guess (laughs) (laughs) well it was it was fun being on the show and like you said i did just recently come on and you requested my sexpertise Mm -hmm. uh so yeah that was kind of flattering (laughs) we we certainly will again uh because as I've displayed on this very podcast, I am no sexpert, um, but I have one right here on like Skype speed dial. I'm like ready to go. There you go. Shh, you're going <laughs> to let the secret out. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, yeah. Other than Skype, uh, any listeners that want to uh, get in touch with Screams and Moans <laughs> can do it on Twitter at Screams and Moans. We also have a Facebook page, which is just the Facebook address, slash Screams and Moans. And of course, we have the website, www.screamsandmoans.com. And again, we're on Stitcher and iTunes as well. And, you know, unlike my co-host here, I would love to actually <laughs> have you leave a rating and review. <laughs> or on, uh, on Stitcher, it's even easier. You can just give a thumbs up, and uh, it really helps us out. And uh, I know, I know. Shortly, I'm actually thinking about also getting an Amazon affiliate link. So when you guys go go shopping, you can uh, also help out the show. So um, I'll keep you posted on that. But uh, <laughs> with that, I uh, I think we're kind of wrapping things up for the night. And um, I'll look forward to um, coming back again in a couple weeks. Have a good night. <laughs> Bye.